0: Chapter 10 I'm loaded up and ready, Rachel said grimly. Give them a warning shot, he said. Careful not to hit Cassie or the others. Rachel must have thrown the brick, because there came a humongous earthquake. Wham! It only lasted for a second, but it knocked me on my butt. Fortunately, that involved a fall of only a few millimeters. Homocrons, listen to me, Jake said. That was a warning shot! The next one lands right on top of you! Leave the blue box! Restore our people to normal size, and we'll let you leave peacefully!
1: Never! Your brick weapon does not frighten us!
0: Yeah, well, it banged up your other ship pretty well, Rachel said. Helmicrons, listen to me! I recognized Axe's Thoughtspeak voice which meant he was probably in his normal body. Great. All I needed was for my parents to come home, find Jake and Rachel and a big blue scorpion-tailed four-eyed deer boy in a standoff with a toy-sized spaceship, and me the size of a gnat. Helmicrons! Axe said patiently. If you are capable of spaceflight, you must also understand the fundamental laws of motion. Her weapon has a mass as great as the mass of your ship. It will be thrown at a velocity that will... Do not lecture us on physics, you inferior human! I am not an inferior human. I am an intellect. Hey, Rachel said. Sorry, Axe said. I didn't mean to say that humans are inferior. We will crush you, intellect. All Intellect will grow before us! Not if my friend Rachel hits you with the dense oblong cube she is holding. It's a brick, Axe. It's called a brick. We build our houses out of them. Perhaps you should not mention that fat Axe said in an aside, The Helmocrons are already contemptuous of humans. Okay, I've had enough of this battle of the alien egos here. I'm counting to three. Then, I'm throwing this brick. You little insects either fix my friends, and Marco too, or get bricked. Do you dare to threaten us? One, before the might of the Helmicrons! Two? Ah! Rachel cried. The other ship! It's back! Jake yelled. Look out! I could see it all happening, far, far overhead. A gigantic Rachel, holding a brick the size of a high school. The second Helmicron ship, which no longer looked nearly as tiny, Came zipping in and shot Rachel in the shoulder She let the brick fly But it wasn't an aimed shot It was reflex The brick arced through the air And began to drop Straight toward us Run! Marco yelled He was now as small as Tobias and me We ran Tobias flew No! Jake screamed and launched himself through the air hands outstretched to catch the falling brick. But then... Axe's tail blade snapped like a bullwhip. There was a shower of sparks that might as well have been the 4th of July to us on the ground, and suddenly there were two smaller bricks tumbling apart. I shot a look upward at the two tumbling half-bricks. Freeze! I yelled. Wham! Wham! They dropped on either side of us, once again knocking me off my feet. Then, a much heavier impact. Wa-boom! Jake hit the ground, fortunately missing us as well. His face lay sideways. It was about as high as a 30-story building. His eyes were like brown and white swimming pools, huge globes that looked as if they might pop and drain down like runny jello. His mouth was a valley. His nostrils were caves. When he breathed out, it nearly knocked Tobias out of the air. And when he sucked in a paint inhalation, it was like being near a vacuum cleaner. I stared up, transfixed by this face I had always found attractive. And I found myself staring at a zit bigger than I was. Fortunately, Tobias was paying attention to more important things. Jake, above you! Jake rolled over, a moving mountain, just as the two Helmicron ships, holding the blue box with twin tractor beams, attempted to fly over him. He rolled onto his back and shot an arm about a thousand feet into the air. Fingers the size of taxons closed around the blue box and yanked it down. The two homicron ships jerked, shuddered, but flew on. We had the box back! Unfortunately, Marco, Tobias, and I were still small enough to set up housekeeping inside a thimble. Chapter 11 Oh, Great One, most magnificent of all leaders,
1: we have met the vast enemies in battle and have triumphed. Using the power source
0: we discovered, we have shrunk three of the aliens to our size. And we would have captured the power source as well, but for the cowardice of the Galaxy Blaster. Filled with the courage you give us, we shall recapture the power source and use it to drive our enemies from us, wailing and crying. From the log of the Helmocron ship, Planet Crusher. Cassie? Tobias? Marco? Rachel's huge voice boomed. I looked up at her, so tall she could have been the Sears Tower. I wasn't sure exactly how big I was, but I had the feeling I was not large at all. For one thing, dirt wasn't dirt anymore. It was rocks. I heard Tobias answer in thought speak. Rachel, watch where you step. We're down here. Down where? On the ground! I don't see anything. We're kind of small. Tobias said. Kind of small? Marco shrilled. A termite could kick our butts. Very small. Tobias amended. Are all three of you together? Jake bellowed. Yeah, we're all together. What are we going to do? I don't know. Jake admitted. Ox? I believe, Prince Jake, that the Hemochrons have a means of diverting the energy of the blue ox and using it in a very different way than was intended. Gee, do you think? Marco mocked. Of course, none of them heard it because it came out... Gee, do you think? And even that's an exaggeration. To really convey how little sound we could make, we'd need microscopic print. Perhaps they should attempt to morph, Axe suggested. It may well be that their morphs would be normal size. Good idea, I said. Tell them, Tobias. Cassie says good idea. She's going to try it. I considered for a moment which morph to attempt. Something that could fly. Sitting in the dirt was not a good feeling. I'll go back to my osprey morph. I said. I focused my mind and began to feel the changes. The feathers. The talons. The shrinking. The shrinking? I was getting smaller. Grains of dirt weren't rocks anymore. They were mobile homes. I reversed morph instantly. Not a good idea, I told Tobias shakily. Yeah, I noticed. Um,
1: Jake? Houston, we have a problem,
0: Marco intoned. Jake? Cassie just tried to morph to Osprey, but she shrank. She was on her way to being a really, really small bird. It's weird, because I'm not small. I mean, I am, but I'm the same size as Cassie and Marco. But when she tried to morph, she shrank. That is logical. Unfortunate, but logical, Axe said. Now he's Mr. Spock. Marco said The homicrons would have set certain size parameters No doubt That is to say They picked a size Then shrink all three of them to that size That is now the baseline Any morphing will be relative to that baseline I thought about that for a moment Then said Tobias? Is he saying that if we did something like morph a flea We'd end up being microscopic? Axeman What happens if one of us morphs a flea or something? You would diminish in size. If we assume that a flea is no more than a sixteenth of an inch long normally, it would be one nine hundred and sixtieth of the height of a five foot human. Thus, if we assume that you are currently, let us say, a quarter of an inch tall, it follows that your flea morph would be one quarter inch divided by nine hundred and sixty. Thus, your flamework would be 0.0002604 of an inch.
1: If he says thus again, I'm going to bite him on the hoof,
0: Marco said. Axe, I don't think we're a quarter inch. I think we're smaller than that. Ah, then you should make appropriate adjustments to the equation. For example, if you are a sixteenth of an inch, And that would be my best estimate. That translates as 0.0625 inches divided by 960, which would make your flea morph 0.0000651 inches. How big is 0.00006? I asked Marco.
1: Bigger than a virus, smaller than a period,
0: he muttered. No way, Tobias said. Then, Axe said, I would not advise morphing to flee. You would be operating at a microbial level. Okay, so we don't become fleas. I didn't want to morph a flea anyway. That's not the problem. What are we supposed to do? First thing is to get you guys somewhere safe, Jake said. Then, Ah! Axe morphed a human! I heard Rachel yell. Cassie's dad is coming! Chapter 12 Run! It's my dad! I yelled and started running, stumbling across the endless plain of rocks and boulders. Hey, why are
1: you running? It's not like you'll notice us.
0: Who's going to stop him from stepping on us? Ah! Run! We ran. Or at least Marco and I did. Tobias flew. And there came all around us a huge, stomping sound. Boomf 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 My father's footsteps. Jake? My father said. Rachel? What are you two doing here? Is Cassie around? Um, no. Jake said. At least, no. We came here looking for her. Rachel said. Not here. Were you supposed to meet her? Hello, a new voice said quite suddenly. Axe, he must have managed to morph to human. I cringed. Axe as an analyte was brilliant. But endolites have no mouths, no ability to make spoken speech, and no ability to taste. So Axe as a human, with a mouth, could be slightly odd. Hello, my dad said guardedly. Do I know you? I do not know whether you know me, Axe said. Only you would be able to answer that question. Then he added, Chun, quest, chun. I... I don't think I do know you, my father said slowly. Why were you hiding behind that cage? I did not wish you to see me, Axe said. But now you may see me. There was a long pause. Okay, my father said at last. I am a friend of Cassie's. Axe offered, from school, from school, school, school. Yes, from school, school. Meanwhile. I was running and stumbling and banging my knees on particles of dirt. Marco was right beside me, and Tobias was flying along above us. We were flat out running. We were probably going like two feet an hour. Then... Wumpf! Ah! Jake yelled. Um, look out where you're going. Why? My father asked. Because I... because I... He thought he saw a nail. Rachel said. I thought I saw a nail too. Axe, didn't you see a nail? What is a nail? Nail. Is it similar to mail? Is he alright? My father asked. Who, Axe? Sure, he's fine. Jake said. He's just from a different country. I groaned. Oh no, now my dad will ask. Oh, very interesting. Axe, what country are you from? I am from the Republic of Ivory Coast. Oh, man, I moaned. Why did I ever give him that world almanac? You know, if you don't mind my saying so, you don't look like you'd be from the Ivory Coast, my father said. He was getting that edge he gets in his voice when someone is slowly but surely beginning to grind his last nerve. How about Equatorial Guinea, the Republic of Kyrgyzstan? Canada? Tell you what, my father said. Let's go with Canada. I am from Canada. I am Canadians. Well, I think Old Axe is handling that pretty well, Marco said brightly.
1: You'd never guess he was an alien. An idiot, maybe. Alien, no.
0: How about if you kids just go on home? I'll tell Cassie you came by. Leave? Jake asked, sounding panicked. Yes, leave. My father said, and his deep, this is your father talking and I've taken all I'm gonna take, voice. They didn't argue. What could they say? We heard their stomping feet as they walked off. Then, much closer, my father's humongous feet, roughly ten football fields long, Wham-ing around. Just ahead was a gigantic horizontal tube, the bottom bar of a cage. We ran beneath its shelter and cowered there, gasping for breath, after our three-inch run. That is one strange kid, I heard my father mutter. Need to talk to Cassie about that one. Then he must have scuffed his shoe. I saw the vast, rounded front of his boot, a fifteen-story tall hump of leather. Come winging toward us. It hit the dirt and kicked up a small amount of dust. A few tablespoons of dirt. No more. Just enough to bury us alive.
1: Hello, Phanomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs' auditory experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, thank you all for listening. I'm going to make these end-of-show notes a little brief uh today. I'm, I think I might be getting sick. I don't know. I've got a headache and I've been feeling kind of weird. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, mm-hmm. we've got, uh, one, one message, um, private, uh, DM'd to me on Twitter by, uh, Willis the Arist, uh, follow up from last week's conversation about taxon language. And he wrote in and said, uh, I like your idea about taxons losing their language ability when separated from the hive mind. But I kind of think maybe tax on clicking might not be language in a technical sense. I think it's like the grunting that the characters do in Primal. It borderline is nonverbal communication. Because the individual grunts and clicks don't have meaning, but the overall body language and verbal gestures can convey meaning. But it's not words. Uh, that's, uh, that is sort of like how I was envisioning it as well. Um, I don't know, I'm reminded of, uh, I think researchers found out that cats can make like up to 300 different kinds of sounds, something like that. And it does seem that uh, these sounds have a purpose among cats. Uh, But it's, you know, I don't think it's technically a language. I don't think we can translate it really, you know? Um, So, again, something, you know, either a form of communication that's so different from how our brains construct language, or else, you know, something else, uh, meaning that. The Andalite universal translators cannot translate it. Um, Yeah, I think we're about on the same page with that. Thank you for writing in, Willis. I'm sorry if I don't sound enthused. I did think that was an interesting point. I'm just, again, feeling a little under the weather. Uh, Thank you, everyone, uh, for listening. Uh, What else do I say over here? Uh, If you'd like to write in like Willis, there are so many ways you can do it. He did it through uh, Twitter. That's at Audiomorphs. That's also where you should check if I'm ever late to upload. I will be explaining what's going on there. Uh, but you can also do that through Gmail. That's audiomorphscast at gmail.com. You can do it on Tumblr. That's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. And of course, you can do it through my website. That's theapocalypse.com. The Apocalypse. Like Apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. Uh, that's all I really want to say. Um, I'd like to wish everyone a very happy the Queen of England died. <laughs> and I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight!